0: Shri Sai Sacharitra, the wonderful life and teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, by Hamadpant. A modern rendering by Monica Pinokonda. Chapter 8 Importance of Human Birth In this wonderful universe, God has created billions of creatures, including gods, demigods, insects, beasts, and men, inhabiting heaven, hell, earth, ocean, sky, and other intermediate regions. Of these... Those souls whose merits predominate go to heaven and live there until they enjoy the fruits of their actions. When this is done, they are cast down. Those souls whose sins or demerits predominate go down to hell and suffer the consequences of their misdeeds for as long a time as they deserve. When their merits and demerits balance each other, they are born on earth as human beings, and are given a chance to work for their liberation. Ultimately, when both their merits and demerits are gone completely, they receive their deliverance and become free. To put the matter in a nutshell, souls get their rebirths according to their deeds and intelligence. The Good Fortune of Being Human As we all know, Four things are common to all the creatures—food, sleep, fear, and sexual union. In the case of man, he is endowed with a special faculty—knowledge—with which he can attain self-realization that is impossible in any other birth. It is for this reason that God envy man's good fortune and aspire to be born as men on earth— To get their final deliverance. Some say that there is nothing worse than the human body, which is full of filth, mucus, phlegm, and dirt, and which is subject to decay, disease, and death. This is no doubt true to a certain extent, but in spite of these drawbacks and defects, the special value of the human body is that man has the capacity to acquire knowledge. It is only on account of the human body that one sees, through knowledge, the perishable and transitory nature of the body and of the world. One then develops aversion to sensory enjoyments and can discriminate between the real and unreal, and so attains self-realization. If we reject or neglect the body because it is filthy, we lose the chance for realization. If we are attached to it and run after sensory enjoyments, we go to hell. Therefore, the proper course for us to pursue is the following. The body should neither be neglected nor cherished, but should be properly cared for, just as a traveler on horseback takes care of his horse on the way to his destination to return home. Therefore, the body should be used to attain self-realization, which is the supreme goal of life. It is said that although God created various creatures, he was not satisfied, for none of them was able to know and appreciate his work. So he had to create a special being, man, and endow him with a special faculty, knowledge. When he saw that man was able to appreciate his leela, God's marvelous work and intelligence. He was highly pleased and satisfied. So, really, it is good luck to get a human body, and best yet, to have the path to surrender to Sai Baba's feet. Be ever alert to achieve the object of our lives. Realizing how precious human life is, and knowing that death is certain, and may snatch us at any time. We should be ever alert to achieve the aim of our life. We should not delay, but make every possible effort to attain our goal. Just as a widower is most anxious to get himself married to a new bride, or just as a king leaves no stone unturned to seek his lost son, so, with all sincerity and speed, we should strive to attain our end. Self realization. Casting aside lethargy and laziness, warding off drowsiness, we should meditate day and night on the self. If we fail to do this, we reduce ourselves to the level of beasts. The benefit of seeking a saint or sadguru. The most effective and speedy way to reach our goal is to approach a saint, sage, or sadguru, a true guru, who has attained God-realization. What cannot be achieved by hearing spiritual lectures and study of spiritual books is easily obtained in the company of such worthy souls. Just as the sun gives light that all the stars put together cannot do, so the sadguru alone imparts spiritual wisdom, that all the sacred books and lectures cannot impart. His movements and simple talks give us silent advice. The virtues of forgiveness, peace, detachment, charity, compassion, egolessness, and control of mind and body are demonstrated practically to disciples by such pure and holy company. This enlightens their minds and lifts them up spiritually. Sai Baba was such a sad guru. Though he acted like a fakir, he was always engrossed in the self. He loved all beings as he saw divinity in them. He was not elated by pleasures, nor depressed by misfortunes. A king and a pauper were the same to him. He whose glance could turn a beggar into a king used to beg for food from door to door in Shirdi. Let us now see how he did it. Baba begged for his food. Blessed are the people of Shirdi in front of whose houses Baba stood as a beggar and called, O Mother, give me a piece of bread. Then spread out his hand to receive. In one hand, he carried a tumro, or a tin pot, and in the other, a chaupaudari, a rectangular piece of cloth. Each day, he went door to door and visited certain houses. Liquid or semi-liquid things, such as soup, vegetables, milk, or buttermilk, were received in the tin pot, while cooked rice Bread and solid things were taken in the cloth. Baba's tongue knew no taste as he had acquired control over it. So, how could he care for the taste of the different things collected together? Whatever things he got in his cloth and in the tin pot were mixed together and eaten by Baba to his heart's content. Whether particular things were tasty or not was not noticed by Baba as his tongue was devoid of the sense of taste altogether. Baba begged till noon, but his begging was very irregular. Some days he went a few rounds, on other days up to noon. The food was collected and thrown in an earthen pot. Dogs, cats, and crows freely ate from it, and Baba never drove them away. The woman who swept the floor of the masjid took 10 or 12 pieces of bread to her house and nobody prevented her from doing so. How could he, who even in dreams never warded off cats and dogs by harsh words and signs, refuse food to poor, helpless people? Blessed indeed is the life of such a noble person. In the beginning, People ensured he took him for a mad fakir. He was known in the village by this name. How could one who lived on alms by begging a few crumbs of bread be revered and respected? But this fakir was very generous of heart and hand, detached and charitable. Though he looked unpredictable and restless from outside, he was firm and steady inside. His way was inscrutable. In Shirdi, there were a few kind and blessed people who recognized and regarded him as a great soul. One such instance is given below. Bayajabai roams through the woods to feed Baba. Every noon, Tatya's mother, Bayajabai, used to go to the woods with a basket on her head containing bread and vegetables. She roamed in the jungles for about three miles, trampling over bushes and shrubs in search of the mad fakir, and hunting him down, fell at his feet. The fakir sat calm and motionless in meditation while she placed a leaf before him, spread out the food, bread, and vegetables, and fed him forcibly, Wonderful was her faith and service. Every day at noon, she roamed in the jungles and forced Baba to partake of lunch. Her service, or austerity, by whatever name we call it, was never forgotten by Baba until his Mahasamadhi, or final death. Remembering fully what service she rendered, Baba benefited her son magnificently. Both the son and mother had great faith in the fakir, who was their God. Baba often said to them that fakir is the real lordship, as it is everlasting, and so called lordship is transient. After some years, Baba stopped going into the woods, began to live in the village, and took his food in the masjid. From that time on, by's troubles of roaming in the jungles ended. Sharing his masjid with Tatya and Malsapati. Blessed are the saints in whose heart the Lord dwells, and fortunate indeed are the devotees who get the benefit of the company of such saints. Two such fortunate souls were Tatcha and Malsapati, who shared the company of Sai Baba. Baba loved them both equally. These three people slept in the masjid with their heads towards the east, west, and north, and with their feet touching one another at the center. Stretching their beds, they lay on them, chit-chatting and gossiping about many things till late at night. If any one of them showed signs of sleep, others would wake him up. For instance, if Tatya began to snore, Baba at once got up and shook him from side to side and pressed his head. If it was Malsapati, he hugged him close, stroked his legs and kneaded his back. It was this way for 14 years that Tatcha, having left his parents at home, slept in the masjid on account of his love for Baba. How happy and never to be forgotten were those days. How to measure that love and how to value the grace of Baba. After the passing away of his father, Tatya took charge of his household's affairs and then began to sleep at home. Baba's devotee, Kushal Chand of Rahata. Baba loved Koti Patil. He equally loved Chandra Banshet Marwadi of Rahata. After Marwadi's death, Baba loved his nephew, Kushal Chand, equally or perhaps more and watched out for his welfare day and night. Sometimes in a bullock cart, At other times, in a carriage with intimate friends, Baba went to Rahata. People of that village came out with band and music, received Baba at the gate of the village, and prostrated before him. Then he was taken into the village with great pomp and ceremony. Kushal Chand took Baba to his house, seated him on a comfortable seat, and fed him a good lunch. They talked freely and happily for some time. Then Baba returned to Shirdi, giving happiness and blessings to all. Shirdi is midway between Rahata in the south and Nimagon in the north. Baba never went beyond these places. He never saw any railway train nor traveled by it. Still, he knew the exact arrival and departure times of all trains. Devotees who acted according to Baba's instructions regarding their departure, fared well, while those who disregarded them suffered many a mishap and accident. More about this and other matters will be revealed in the next chapter. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all.